The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net or call them at IG Private Wealth Management 905 nine seven two seven four two zero good morning gentlemen good to see you all good morning, good morning Scott. so obviously uh unfortunately uh we were hoping we wouldn't have to talk about this uh for another week but the conflict continues russia invasion of ukraine you know we're, we're certainly seeing um you know or hearing about sanctions and how crippling these could be and, and affecting other uh, segments of the economy and such uh, this can't be good news. I know we're here for the long-term goal, but what are your thoughts on what we're seeing unravel? Yeah, uncertainty always throws a monkey wrench into the markets. And that's, you know, anybody that's kind of paid attention to their stock portfolio or, and this is where it's actually a little scary is that you can actually see it every day. It used to be okay, you know, every six months you get your statement, then they moved it to quarterly, then monthly, now daily. And, and the worst thing to do is, is have an emotional reaction to this. Because it is, as you can see, day, day by day, depending on if the talks are going well, if they're not doing well, did the bombs go too close to Poland, what have you, the markets react to each piece of news. And how does that affect your long-term plan? And generally speaking, it doesn't. It's kind of interesting. The Canadian market is actually positive year to date in spite of all this because of our natural resources and banks particularly, where you're seeing other like the U.S. is down about 10% this year. But again, any given year, the markets are down somewhere throughout the year since 1980, about 14%. So you're going to see this volatility every year, but generally those don't make headlines because it's not of a particular event. We're just kind of the yin and yang of the markets. But this one, we're seeing most people's portfolios down maybe 6% in, a, you know, in an equity portfolio that is well diversified. Um, those that kind of went into, I'm going to go all U.S. growth stocks, well, it's kind of come back to bite them because those are the people that have been kind of changing lanes in the last few years saying, oh, yeah, no, Canada's terrible. You got to go in U.S. Uh, you know, growth stocks like uh, Peloton or Amazon or what have you. And those people there are the ones that seem to always chase returns and it never seem they never catch them. And again, this they're, they're the ones that are having are struggling this year. So. Best advice is stay diversified, stick to your plan, talk to your financial planner, make sure it's still within your comfort level, but don't change your comfort level just because the market's up or down. You should have a better longer term view. No, exactly. Yeah. So, in, in, and I know, Jay, one thing you don't have to worry about is, is your candidate pension plan coming in or out or all the security <laughs> because... It is not due. It has nothing to do with the markets. They invest it for you. Funny enough, they're investing in a lot of the same things that if you're managing your own money, you would be doing. But uh, I know Jay, Jay's looking after a little of that. Are people feeling who are at the retirement age right now a little anxious because this is going on as they are retiring, Jay? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, you know, good segue into that there, Boyce. Um, so with the CPP, a lot of people look at that and say, you know, this is a guaranteed pension. Is this in jeopardy with what's going on? Like Don said, they're invested very similar to what a lot of balance funds are, are invested in. And how are they being affected? Well, the good news is that you know, CPP isn't in, in jeopardy. And we get that question a lot. You know, do you think CPP will be around when we're, when we're older? Is it going to be around for our kids? And the, and the question is yes. Um, the, the way they're invested um, is, is balanced and, and they're in a good position in terms of the return rates and the contributions that go into the plan. If they, if they start to feel a shortfall, they could always increase the contributions from uh, the younger generation to, to subsidize that. So not, not in fear of, of losing our CPP at this point in time at all. So don't, don't even put that on the map. The one thing I did want to talk about with CPP is just a bunch of stats about CPP that uh, some people probably aren't aware of or, or, or know much about. Um, 6% of Canadians received the maximum amount of CPP. I was astonished when I was doing my research on this. 6%, that's it. So there's, there's a couple of reasons why they might not receive the full amount. They didn't work long enough. So if you didn't work a number of years and contribute to CPP, you're not getting the, the maximum amount. You didn't make enough money. Um, so a lot of people don't make the, the, uh, the maximum amount to contribute to the CPP. For example, this year, government set um, the maximum amount to contribute to your CPP uh, makes $64,900. Well, not all Canadians make that much. So people think they're going to get full CPP when they retire. But if they haven't made the, the maximum amount to contribute, they don't get their CPP, the maximum CPP. And if they don't work enough years, they don't get the maximum CPP. And then a lot of people take it early. So again, that 6% of people getting the maximum CPP, uh, in general, most people take it early. And that's a big question that Don and I get as well, is should I take it early or, or should I wait and take it later? Um, so 90% uh, of Canadians take it either 65 or earlier, which is, again, astonishing that everyone's, almost every Canadian is taking it at 65 or earlier. And we've got 10% out of the, out of the, the population that is taking it in their, in their 65, 66, 67 in, into their seventies. So um, we're finding that a lot of people are asking the question, but most people are taking it early. Um, looking at, looking at some other numbers to get the, the CPP benefit, uh, the maximum is 12,000 or sorry, $1,253 at 65. And the average CP benefit that's paid out is $619. So the average Canadian is getting $619, which is half of what the maximum is, which is unbelievable. You're leaving so much money on the table by taking it early. Um, and, and so many Canadians are doing. But the, again, like I mentioned, some people aren't working long enough or making enough money. The calculation that they use is from the ages of 18 to 65, they take those 47 years and they take your best 39 years. So your contributions for those 39 years, if you've maxed out, you'll get the maximum at 65. If you, if you, don't, if you decide to take your uh, CPP at 60, um, they use your best 35 years. So this can be handy for, for pensioners that say um, are in a hoop pension or Omer's pension or a teacher's pension where they retire um, at that magic number of 30 years in. Um, somewhere around 55 or 54, something like that. So it can com 
come into play where if they've only worked for those 30 years, you don't want to use your, uh, your best 39. If you take your CPP at 60, they use your best 35 years. So it's a better, better sample size or a smaller sample size. So you can increase your CPP that way um, by, by only using those 35 years. Um, other stats that are, that are out there that really were mind blowing. Um, I actually looked on the, um, the CRA website yesterday, Don and I were talking about it and I looked up my own CPP and just to see where I, where I was at. And it's the first time I, honestly, it's the first time I ever looked at it. And there was actually an error. Um, in 1997, huh. in 1997, it said I had zero income and I contributed zero while I was working that year. I know I made enough money to contribute and max out. And it says I had zero. So I have to call and figure out what's going on. So believe it or not, the government does make mistakes. Um, and, and I was one of them. So you definitely want to look that up. So you can look on your CRA login, or you can look on uh, My Service Canada account. So MSCA for short form, if you want to Google it and, and log in and check and check out what your uh, check out what your limits are, because I was astonished that I had one of those uh, one of those errors. And how long do you think it is going to be before you get the answer to this question? <laughs> Maybe, well, I'm 50 this I'm 50 this year so i hope i get it settled by by the time i'm 65 <laughs> or later but oh, i couldn't man. believe it what's yeah. that or or even later than 65 yeah but, maybe uh, maybe 70 yeah <laughs> but uh yeah I, it, interesting now when you worked it out and it told you what your maximum would be at 65 did they assume that you'd be working till that point yeah, again, we talked about that yesterday, Don. Yeah, that's what they're assuming that you're contributing the maximum till 65. So they give you an estimate. And that's where you got to really be careful is they're looking at an estimate of you working as you're doing right now for the rest of your, your years until you're 65. So they're using that assumption that you're going to max out until you're 65. So it says that in very clear print, you could you could get this much. So it's not actual, it's an estimate. So definitely look at it. If you have your 37 or sorry, 39 years and you've maxed out all 39 of those years, you're, you're in the clear. But if you haven't, um, you really got to work it backwards and, and work out the calculation. I suggest you call Service Canada and see where you're at. That, that, that could take a little while as well. You might be on hold for yeah, a bit. For but... sure. But the, the interesting part is how many people or even companies know that because like we had we had this chat yesterday is they're putting the assumption when they calculate a person's retirement that they will be getting the maximum mm -hmm. in fact but they don't actually know no and so yeah. even when you go into the site it, it it has that number but if you don't read the all the wording about it you may think you're going to get this much and you might have a very sober response when you think oh geez uh, why am i getting 200 dollars less per month than it said Yep. No, exactly. And that's, that's a, the biggest thing. A lot of these pension calculators that when you go online, that's what they do. They just assume that you're going to be getting the maximum amount. And, you know, from the stats, only 6% of Canadians are getting the maximum amount. Mm. So it's, it's staggering that all of these pension statements that are issued and these retirement calculators that are out there online are a little misleading. So really important that you sit down with your financial advisor and, and go through the numbers and, and work through it to have actual numbers where, you know, you've worked it into your cash flow and you know exactly where you stand. And all more reason to keep listening to this show every single week because this <laughs> ongoing story with Jay Llewellyn and where his lost year went will be an <laughs> ongoing thing we'll be talking about for the next 20 years. I think I might have time traveled during that year or something. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not sure what happened. Uh, right, yeah. Maybe I was sleeping. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Older. 
Maybe you just don't remember that year, Jay. <laughs> it wasn't the 60s. It was the 90s. <laughs> oh, I see. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, the, the, the question, you know, one of the top questions, as we know, we get, should you take it early or not? You just, you, the numbers are what they are. And we, and Don and I can figure that out for, for our clients and work the numbers backwards for, for all our clients. Um, but there's other questions that you need to know, you know, do you need the cash flow? So some people need to take it at 60 because they need the money. They've been retired and they need the cash flow to, to pay their bills. We get it. Um, but but if you take it now and you don't need the cash flow, what are you doing with that money? Are you investing it or are you just using it as subsidizing your cash flow or your monthly expenses, which most people do when they take it early? It's like getting a pay raise and they end up spending it, right? Yeah. Most, people, most people don't save it. Um, another thing, uh, are you going to need a higher payout? So, you know, do you want to delay it because you need a higher payout in retirement? So you're working till you're 65. You don't want to take it at 60 because you're going to need that money to pay your bills at 60, 65 or 70. So you want that higher payout for the rest of your life. And then life expectancy. That's another thing that really comes into play. We don't know when we're going to die, but if there's, if there's health concerns, um, that it, it makes it a little bit easier to make that decision, whether to take it early or, or wait and, and take it later. Um, life expectancy see in Canada is 82. Um, the break even for taking CPP if you take it early um, is, uh, is 74. So if you think you're going to live past 74, you might want to wait and, and delay taking your CPP. All right. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net or call them at IG Private Wealth Management 905 972 7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. DonFox.net to find out more. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Man, when you ask yourself, where the heck does the year go? This is a constant reminder every year. Uh, and it's tax season. It's uh, it's time to get all the papers out. How, how do we, where do we start here? How can you help us out with our taxes this year, Don? Yes, and you're right. You go, we go from one season to the next and all of a sudden, boom. Uh, end of April is the deadline. And you say, well, that's still a long ways away. Uh, not anymore. We're almost yeah. at the end of March. So it's incredible how quick the year goes by. And yeah, you know what? Uh, just piggybacking on Jay, we could go every single show. We could talk about CPP. It yeah. is uh, an, an, an extremely important decision people need to make. And it's a lot of money. You know, if you're around the maximum, it's uh, 15000 each. If you have you know two working spouses. And yet so little time is talked about it. And it's often a water cooler talk. Oh, when are you going to take? Oh, I'm going to take it at 60. And the, like you said, yeah, I couldn't believe 6% are, mm-hmm. are taking it before uh, or taking it 60 over past 65. 94% are, are before that. And no, incredible. it was, it was nine. It was 10%. It was 10% of people take it after 65. It was 6%, uh, okay. 6% of the people get the, get the maximum. Uh, okay. Gotcha. But still, that's still uh, you know staggering numbers. Um, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, it's an extremely important decision. And funny enough, if it should have a great calculator, 
if there's anything that the CPP needs a great calculator, put in all the what ifs, do all this. But you know what? You know what? At the end of the day, I know that you know our you and I and our team we do work on this all the time and discuss what is the optimal age based on your situation. Mm-hmm. And because RSPs and other things come into role, um, old age security clawback, uh, life expectancy, all the things you mentioned. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a, one of those topics that we just can't get enough, and uh, I'm glad you brought it up again. Um, now, again, taxes, another great topic we have to talk about every year is getting these taxes right. Because just like Canada Pension Plan, you could leave a lot of money on the table if you do them wrong. And I, I knew, a, I, I remember going through a client situation, and first of all, every financial planner worth their salt should be asking for your tax return. They need to see what opportunities are there and they should be strong on the tax side just so that they can give you some good advice because the investment side is one of it but a real financial planner is doing tax planning so that, again we talk about your cfp your certified financial planning designation extremely important but the ins and out of tax returns is is very important so going through taxes you talked about going you checked your cra site you know how many calls the CRA gets every year, it's staggering. Four million calls a month. Wow. Eight, four million. No wonder we're on hold. What is there, like six or seven employees? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's hard for them to keep up to those calls. Wow. Four million a month. Actually, it turns out there is about 5,700 employees at the CRA uh, as of the two, uh, September 2021. And so, uh, but yeah, you can understand with that many calls, there's got to be a better way. And going on the CRA site is one of them and, and, and opening that site. It's a bit of a pain originally because, you know, you have to get it done. They mail you a pin. You set up your system because, again, this is your money. It's got to be private. So I do understand going through the exercise, but it is it is important to get this done. But again, sitting on hold, once you're on hold, it's kind of to me. It's kind of like the Nexus Pass if you travel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You see that big giant lineup for all the people that don't have a Nexus Pass. And then you think, whoo, glad I got this Nexus Pass. And you go right through the line and, and there's only like five or six people there. That's kind of like the CRA site. You can get to the answer a lot quicker and you will not be hold, on hold for those four or five hours. And I guess Jay uh, does have to make a phone call because you can't, you can't fix that one on the site. No, no. So you got to get back in 1997. <laughs> So I, I am looking forward personally to see how many hours this takes because oh, yeah. we're going to log it. Yeah. I might have to do that on a beach or something. And make a <laughs> so, so the first thing is um, when you're looking at your taxes, I would recommend you do call a professional, you know, have it a, 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 an accountant that specializes in tax, which most of them do, or your financial advisor, that should be looking through. So, you, you know, ask some questions because often there's things that you'll miss. And by the way, the CRA is not on your side to say, hey, did you check you, the, your medical expenses? Um, or did you check your advisory fees? Like they are not asking for things that you miss. They only take the data and the tax returns right or wrong. If it passes the smell test, it's right. You could have split your income between you and your spouse. It's not going to recommend it. And so that's the next thing make sure you're doing your tax returns together. Like if you are married or common law, it's so important to have these together, particularly once you're one of the, you are over 65, because that's when you can do some income splitting. And that can save absolute 
truckload of money, but at the same token, your medical expenses, your charitable receipts, even well before you're 65, those can be split. And it's just, it's just easier to be honest. And I have seen a couple people um, pretty stubborn about not sharing their tax returns. One just loves to do it. And one just says, you know, I'll get somebody else to do it. And who knows if they're missing some opportunities there. So I, I would also, that's a, you know, tip number two is do them together, call professional. And, and really there's a lot of tips that the CRA website will tell you, but really, are they really tips? Like they'll say things like start your tax return early. Okay. Well, <laughs> that doesn't really help you too much. Uh, find out your income and enter those numbers. Okay. Um, not a tip. Those are more directions so that they can, you can fill their, this income tax return, but uh, go to your CRA website and they do have a lot of questions and you can, if you know the questions to ask, it's very helpful to use these uh, website because you can actually put in the question. There's this new uh, Charlie, the chat box. This started in uh, 2020. So it's been around for a couple of years now. And it's, it's, it's answered so far in these two years, 5.7 million questions. Well, that sounds like a lot, but there is 4 million calls a month. Okay. So it is taking a little bit of the questions off the table, but sometimes it's hard to know the questions. You don't know what you don't know. It's kind of like you go to the doctor and they say, why didn't you tell me that? And they said, well, I didn't know. I, I didn't know that was a question to ask. So it's same with taxes. And this is where having a good financial advisor at your side to say, okay, ask your accountant to do this or suggest this and see what he, he or she, she says. So the CRA, my account, like I said, it is a bit of a hassle. Um, they, you have to fill it in. They will mail you a pin. Um, but on this, once you have it, it's great. You have, like you said, uh, Jay's got a CPP information there. Well, had you not gone on there, you, when would we found out that you lost 1997? <laughs> okay, probably when you're 65 yeah. years old. No, and it's, a, it's an interesting site too. Just, you know, again, a refresher yesterday going into it. It's got so much information in there in terms of uh, your TFSA room, your RSP room, what incomes you've made. You know, you can find a lot of mistakes too. So you want to make sure you go through that site and just make sure that everything is correct. Um, we often find that the TFSA room uh, is incorrect or reported incorrectly because it's delayed by by a couple so someone contributes in january they look on their cra site at the end of january and it isn't updated so you really got to make sure that you're you're on top of things and looking at that and you know every couple every couple months or once a year at least at tax time open it up and and see where you're at and make sure all the numbers are correct yeah absolutely and the tfsa one is there's a delay as you mentioned jay so um we we have clients that oh i can put in this much but we actually keep track of clients' tax free savings accounts that you know are dealing with us, so that we can say, okay, well, actually, they haven't in, uh, put in your latest TFSA contribution, so it's actually off by six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And so, yeah, you do have to watch it a little bit. But again, between the CRA site and your financial advisor, you can come up with the right numbers. Uh, your notice of assessment is on there, and that's helpful. Uh, the other part is you can actually track your refund on there. You can see what the processing is going on. So you can see, okay, it's, it's been received. It's kind of like a very slow FedEx parcel. Okay. That's what I was thinking of. It's like watching your parcel. <laughs> <laughs> so it's extremely, it's not as quick as, but if you're going to go through that effort, even throw in your direct deposit, because once they've gone through your return and processing it, because if they say mailed, who knows how long you're going to get it after that. 
they can say the data was mailed, but now it's in another person's hands of when you're going to get this refund. Uh, so direct deposit will go in, you know, quite quickly right away. Uh, We're being really hard on uh, on government workers today. <laughs> well, CRA and Canada Post, we've we've managed oh, to yeah, offend, a, managed to offend a lot of people today. Yeah. <laughs> hitting a few boxes there. Hey, but, hey, uh, they didn't lose a year of their life like you did, though. <laughs> True enough. Nineteen seven. I don't know about you, but nineteen ninety seven was important to me, Scott. <laughs> uh, oh, it was my. I think it was my best year. <laughs> uh, but oh, um, things that you will not get from CRA and 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 you may get from your accountant is, okay, should I sign up for disability deduction? And I find this is one of the most overlooked deductions. And, you know, if you simply drop off your tax return and your accountant doesn't know of ailments that you're experiencing, then why would that person know to say, oh, you, you might qualify for the disability deduction. And it's, it's a might, it's not a for sure, but just an example, if you go on the site, there is a questionnaire and I'll go through the few questions. Actually, it's quite good. So I'll, I'll take back a couple of things here, Jay. This was actually quite good. They've okay. done a good job in going through a checklist on do I even qualify? Well, do you have a mental or physical impairment that has lasted or is expected to last continuously for greater than 12 months? If it's yes, carry on to the next page. Um, do you have A, are you blind? B, receive life-sustaining therapy, C, impairments causing limitations. And that's usually where people fall into. And some of these impairments, they have a list here, speaking, hearing, walking, bowel or bladder issues, um, dressing, feeding, and mental functions for everyday life. So if you have any of those, then onto the next page. If you don't have any of those, then you probably don't qualify. Then the next page says, do you experience these, any of these ill issues 90% or greater of the time? If the answer is yes, and again, that doesn't include sleeping. So again, 90% of your waking life, then you, will, you should go and apply. So then you fill out this, what it is called a, a T2201, and your doctor may already have the form, or you can go online and get the form, see your doctor, they will apply for you. And this is sometimes where the stumbling block block is. Sometimes the doctors say, well, you don't qualify. And, and really, it's not up to them to suggest you should or shouldn't. They need to fill in the form. They may charge you, I think, $50 or something to take the time to fill it in. And it's, it's, it, there's no harm in filing. Because if you don't qualify, it doesn't mean you can't do it again. But uh, maybe it's not severe enough. But is it worth it? Absolutely, it's worth going through the exercise because it's a savings of $2,040 every year. And the starting for this year is 2022, you get $2,040 back on your income tax. In fact, they can go back many years. I had one client go back over five years. They got a check for over $10,000 because of when they, the impairment started. And, you know, I, I would suggest most people just want to tough it out. Say, oh, I'm not disabled. I'm okay. I, you know, I get by. Well, Yes, but I got 2,040 reasons why you might want to change that opinion. First of all, you might qualify for a better parking spot. Second of all, you might get $2,040 every year. And this is, so you think about this, if you live 10 more years or, and by the way, you don't have to apply for this every year. Once you have this issue and, and you qualify, you get this 
$140 index, by the way, it goes up by inflation every single year. So I think it's definitely worthwhile. Other things that a, the CRA is not going to tell you about, should you get an RSP or a TFSA? They are not going to go through any of the functions and they're not going to, and often even the accountant will say, okay, get the, get the um, RSP. And if you put in a $30,000 deduction, should you use the whole deduction? Maybe you should split it over two years and get the most bang for your buck, splitting the tax brackets. So this is where sitting down with your accountant and or your financial advisor going through what's the best way to make it the maximum impact for making this $30,000 RSP deduction. Or should I even put money in RSPs? Should I use my TFSAs first? These are great questions. And again, it's the, the what ifs. What if I did it this way versus that way? Um, which which helps me or and my family greater. Um, a number, another thing is the CRA will never say, should you be starting to pull your RSPs out early? And in fact, I would even suggest uh, most accountants often will suggest they got the three Ds. You either defer tax, get the deduction or divide income. So defer, divide and deduct the three Ds. And deferring does make sense to a certain extent, but there's a point where it doesn't, help you anymore. So if you're already, say, in your 60s, you can only defer your RSPs until you're the age you're 71, at which time you then have to take an income. So does it make sense for the deferral anymore? Certainly, if you're in your 20s, the deferral is massive. It's great. You know, it's, it's great. You don't have to pay tax on this for 40 years. But now if you're in your 60s, you're sitting there with a million dollars in your RSP. Well, if there's a chance to take it out at a, a lower tax bracket, say a 30% tax bracket, not affect your old age security, rather than leave, letting it sit there and grow till you're 71, there's a chance you might end up having to pay 53.53% tax on it. Also, the greater chance of old age clawback. Like there's so many things that you should be aware of. It's not a, simply a matter of defer, defer, defer. So work it out with your financial advisor. What is the best route? And go through your tax return and when you're sitting down with your financial advisor, go through each area that could affect you. And I know that's what Jay and I always do when we sit down with our clients. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net and you can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420 going to take a break. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. DonFox.net to find out more and you can call them at IG Private Wealth Management. 905-972-7420. Jay, we're going to talk about interest rates. And, you know, a lot of people are, are uh, concerned about this because we're seeing what's happening with inflation and, and the conflict around the world. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, well, I'm not going to uh, give any predictions of what I think the, the rates are going to go to because that would be, a, it's a fool's game. Um, but just looking at, inter- just actually segueing into interest rates before we get into that, uh, Don, you make a good point about your last comments about uh, the RSP contributions. I, I just sat down with a client last week, or sorry, the beginning of this week, and they received an inheritance. And they so they got this big 
sum of money that they received and they, they never contributed to their RSPs in the past. So they had all this RSP room and decided to contribute the max into their RSPs. So their max was $60,000. So they could put the $60,000 in. Well, they're not working this year and they don't plan on working ever again. They're retired. Um, and so they put all this money into RSPs thinking that they're going to get a big tax refund on the $60,000 for putting it in or a tax credit and they don't have any income. Well, I mm. shouldn't say any income, but they have low income uh, around $15,000. So they're, they're not paying any tax as it is. So they're not getting any benefit from putting that money in. So yeah, just to, to segue into what you're, or to continue on what you're saying, it's unbelievable that, you know, if you don't get the right advice and you think you're doing the right thing by, you see your limit and you got all this money, you're going to max out your RSPs. And in the, re- the end result is you got no tax credit, um, and then when you go to take it out, you're going to pay taxes to pull it out. So yeah, the deferral, um, isn't so yeah. good in this case. So yeah, the only one winning that game is the government. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, interest rates. Um, yeah. So a lot of people come to us and ask about variable rates versus fixed rates. It's a, it's a big bone of contention for, for a lot of people right now because rates are starting to creep up and people are getting a little bit scared and wondering if they should be locking into a five-year mortgage or a longer term mortgage um, versus the variable rate. And the gap between the five-year and the, and the variable rate is still quite substantial. It's about one and a half percent. So that means that if you're if you've got a mortgage where uh, you've got the opportunity to to lock in, you're locking in right now about three percent. And people say, well, if rates are going to go up, it's going to go beyond three percent. So why wouldn't I just lock in now and make sure that I got that that lower rate? Well, variable rates are are around one point four five, so substantially less than what the fixed rates are right now. So rate hikes in the next little while, we got another note announcement coming out on April 13th of 2022 and likely that interest rates are going to go up again I'm not pretending to know what's going to happen but that's that's the the general consensus with with what's going on in, in Russia and Ukraine who knows what what they're going to do if they're going and, to put that on hold or not but go ahead, quite Tom. often we follow the US and uh, that's where certainly what they're they've been talking about also mm-hmm. so if if you've got the variable rate at 1.45 and to get yourself up to that 3 3.25 or 3.09% that's offered right now, there's going to be substantial rate hikes over the next little while. Um, so you're enjoying that low rate. And even if rates start to creep up over the next little while, let's say a quarter percent, and that's generally what they raise it by, um, but they may raise it by half a percent, you're still far better off over the next couple of years. They'd have to raise it beyond that 3%. Um, that variable rate would have to go beyond the 3% in order for you to have a, a disadvantage. So you can enjoy that low rate for a longer period of time. Hopefully it's for the next couple of years. Um, and then when it does come up for renewal, it, whether you're in a five-year or, or a variable rate, the rate's going to be high at, at, in five years for both of you, if that's the case, if rates go up. So uh, I'm a big believer in the variable rate, if you can afford to do it. The, the downside to a variable rate is if you're already tight on cash flow um, and you're living uh, on a fine line in terms of what, what your expenses are, when the rates do go up, your mortgage payments generally go up as well. So you want to be careful and make sure you've sat down with someone and, and work through your budget to, to forecast it. If rates do go up by a percent or two in the next two years, are you able to afford it? Um, so you don't want to put yourself in a position where, um, where you've got, you know, the cash flow on a monthly basis is, is hundreds, if, an, if not a thousand dollars more 
uh, a month in terms of your your mortgage payment. You know, I look back and in, in rates back in the '60s were somewhere between three and seven percent. '70s somewhere between four and fourteen percent. The '80s ten and twenty percent. The '90s fourteen, and then they went down as low as three. The '2000s uh, they're high as five percent and down as low as 025 percent. And now we're in 2010. Uh, to 2020, we're at, we've been at really low rates for a long period of time. For the last 10 years, we've seen rates under 2%. So it's it, it wasn't too long ago in the, in the 1990s when we were at 14%. And that wasn't a lifetime ago. So be cautious um, to our listeners out there. Yeah, the variable rate seems like it's a good idea, but be cautious and, and know that you know if rates do start to creep up, your mortgage payments are going to go up and you just got to be ready ready to budget for that. And Jay, what, what, just out of Jay, just out of curiosity, what what was the rates in 1997? 19, oh, funny, very, very funny. Zero, zero, because it didn't exist. It didn't exist. It didn't exist. Nothing exists. Yeah, uh, I don't have the exact number in 1997. But, yeah. Imagine, imagine how many years you're going to lose just to COVID. My goodness. I mean, let's keep track of 2020, 2021. All right, we are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net or call them at IG Private Wealth Management, 905-972-7420. A quick break here. We're coming back up or we're coming right back to close off the show. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net and call them at IG Private Wealth Management, 905-972-7420. All right, uh, tax time is usually a a time where some of us kind of dread this. I know you guys love it. Uh, but here's, <laughs> but, but you're going to give us some reasons why we should do this. Lessons we can learn from our taxes. Yeah. Don't we all just love lessons? Oh, Life yeah. Lessons. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what that, everybody wants. That's what this show is about. <laughs> it uh, is. It is. But you know what? The first lesson you can do is when you look at your notice of assessment from last year, and, you, and James just mentioned about somebody with a large amount of RSP room or TFSA room. This is, you know, right, right off the bat, if I see somebody with a large mountain, you say, okay, that should be a trigger thinking, hmm, maybe I should be putting some money in RSPs. Maybe I haven't done enough for retirement planning. Maybe I haven't actually figured this stuff out. I hope I have enough, re- enough money for retirement. It should be a bit of a sobering moment. And we've literally, I don't know about you, Jay, I don't know the most. I think I've seen one just over 300,000 is the biggest RSP. Yeah, close. I've seen. I think close. I think yeah, close. Yeah, I don't think I've seen 300 yet, but yeah. It's right in that ballpark. Those yeah. are like, and I know as soon as we see that, that there has been no money set aside for, for RSPs at least. And there's some people, I guess, that for some reason don't believe in RSPs. I don't get that thinking because I've never heard a teacher saying, I don't believe in my teacher's pension. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, or, or any other type of pension for that matter. And really an RSP is your own pension plan. You create your own plan. You save tax putting money in you pay tax when it comes out so really these these type of things or tfsas are like barometers and it could mean that uh, you might need a financial checkup uh, number two is taking a look at your interest deduction see there's an area called carrying charges and if you are paying interest on a loan 
could have been could it have been tax deductible and what that means if you borrow for investment purposes that interest is tax deductible and i and i came across a situation recently where a client of mine second marriage for two individuals got together they both had you know say a million dollar house which is the average in the hamilton area with a $250,000 mortgage for argument's sake. So they had $750,000 each of equity. Well, they end up saying, let's just take this and we'll just buy $1.5 million home. Easy done, and we'd be debt free. Well, the call him Joe for argument's sake. Uh, Joe says, you know what? I don't mind having that mortgage. For one thing, it makes me make a payment every month and I'm good with it. I can afford it. I have a steady job. Um, also, it, it I could invest better. I can get a mortgage at 3% and I can invest better than 3%. I know I've been making over 6% with you, Don. So why don't I just, you know, we'll, I'll just take out a mortgage and, and keep the mortgage going on my house. Well, for that kind of thinking, and he's kind of, you know, he's making over $120,000 a year. So he's in that, that uh, 43% tax bracket. I said, why don't you buy the house cash and borrow back the 250? It's still the same $250,000 loan. Except now, because you're buying back investments, investments are tax deductible if you borrow for investments. So now, instead of having a 3% mortgage that is not tax deductible, he's got a 3% mortgage that is. That works out to you know, almost half of 3%. In fact, 1.7% is actually his tax rate now. It gives him a tax deduction of $7,500 every year and his tax savings of $3,257 every year is just by making the interest tax deductible. So just one thought, and it's, a, it's an opportunity a lot of people have heard about, it, whether it makes sense or not for you. Um, number three, take advantage of self-employment. Uh, certainly in this COVID area, there's been a lot of people that uh, I've say, I've started my own job, I got a part-time gig going. Well, it's, it's, you've started your own, you're self-employed, or at least part-time self-employed, where you get to write off perhaps your rent or mortgage payments, property taxes, part of your vehicle. And for those employees that are working from home. And I know, Scott, you've mentioned this a few times on your show. It's just getting that T2200 from your yeah. employer mm -hmm. so that you get to write off, again, many of those same things because you have an office from home. And how many people during this last, during this pandemic have been working from home at least a portion of the time? So, Definitely go get that T2200, get your employer to sign it. It is definitely worth your while. Uh, loans to the tax man. This has been an ongoing say, story for I don't know, the 18 years we've been on this show. I actually don't mind a little bit of a refund. It means you basically lent the money to the government for a year, but that's okay. You know what? If you're getting a $1,000 refund, you know, you, you likely we're going to blow $83 a month. But you know what, a thousand bucks is nice to get a refund, but I don't like them too big. So if you're paying mm -hmm. something, say spousal support, and it's 2000 a month, well, that's $868 extra a month that you could be receiving because you're going to get this massive tax refund of around 10 grand, actually $10,400 at the end of the year. Why not get that money working for you earlier? So yes, it's, it's nice to get a refund, but I, I don't like a big loan to the government. And you could certainly put that money into the kids' education, RESPs, into the TFSAs, or put it back into the RSPs on a monthly basis. You're making money on it. And you can even increase your tax refund or, or help fund your kids' education. So again, those are, those are the top four. Finally, last one is fifth, is if you're earning a lot of interest income, 
you may want to change your allocation. And that is having your interest income in your registered investments, such as your RSP or TFSA, and have your capital gains outside. And that will reduce your interest income, which could be taxed at a, at a high rate. So there's the top four or five for today. All right. Thank you, teacher. Much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> and get your other student to find out what the heck happened in 1997. There. <laughs> uh, that's it. We have been planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn have been here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Thank you, gentlemen. Another award-winning show. Have yourself a great week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.